It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 57, Vengeance on Varos. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows with the TARDIS should be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a resulting reaction. It's Resulting reaction. Are you ready? Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. This is us again. This is us. Um... Very it's a po- This Is Us review a, podcast. This Is Us podcast. I have no idea anything about that show. I watch it every week and Do cry really? almost every That's all I hear is people talk about crying. It's Whatever. it's pretty darn good. There's problems, but it's pretty darn good. Um, everyone, I'm just going to put into the show notes a link to our This Is Us review podcast where Eric doesn't watch the so stories and I do. So you watch a show where they show people suffering and dying no, life. for your own entertainment? It's about, no, that's what this oh, story was that I we're was reviewing. Say, it's a lot like Benjamin No, that's, that's this one. Oh, who are you, by the way? Oh, I'm Eric. Yeah, and I'm I'm Dan. Yeah, Where I forgot our little thing. That's because I secretly hate that part of it. Yeah, we could we could probably we do could away probably with it. Get rid of it. I mean, people will figure out. I guess we got to say who we are, or we can make it more conversational, like we're doing right now. Right. Hi, Dan. Are, Hi, Eric. Oh, hello, Eric. How, how have you been these last three weeks? I've been uh, just fine, I guess. Yeah, things are good. That's good. Um, yeah, there's nothing, nothing, uh, nothing going related on to in report. Danville? No, no. I mean. Now I'm getting anxious for a new series to of uh, of new Who to come, but we got time to wait. Yeah, when does it start? Uh, we should know that, but we're a classic Who Review podcast. It's fine. That's out of classic our wheelhouse. Book. It totally is. I'm sick again, which stinks because the last time we did a review, I was I think it was the first time I had a fever. And I, yeah, I, you I did. Talked at length about my fever dreams where I saw the source code of the universe, and then I got another fever, which I don't normally get them a couple weeks later or a week later. Yeah. And then after that, I rolled into a cold. So I had a cold, and it was like right before <sighs> last night, I saw MGMT and Matthew Deere. Excellent show. How was that show? Yeah, it was, it was good. really good. I tried to get Dan to go. Uh, I haven't listened to MGMT since the first album. Well, the second album just fault. didn't do it for me. Well, it's a masterpiece. So, Congratulations to the masterpiece. And even better, it's my favorite album of theirs. But the new album okay. is very good. But anyway, we're not here to talk about MGMT. Are we not? Although we should, and we should probably talk about... MGMT a little bit because they played Never Ending Story. What? Yes. So they come out oh. and like they do Kids and it was like one of the last songs. And in the middle of Kids, if you're familiar with that song, they bust it out into the Never Ending Story theme. That's insane. By the guy from Kajagoogoo, whose name I can't think of. Wait, the guy, a guy from Kajagoogoo is the one who wrote the Never Ending Story? Yeah, dude, isn't I don't it? know why that's surprising to me. It's like, that's so different than all of his other work. I don't know his other work. So that's no... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 99% sure, totally. uh, positive. And now I have to just... I'm breaking... No, I guess that's no weirder than... Googling it. Yeah, L- Limal. Limal. Is that his name? Yeah, everyone says yes. We all agree. Okay. Yeah, Kajigugu. Yeah, I knew this. Why do I have to look this thing up you when didn't. I know just... it was his solo album? So he was like, you know what? I'm taking a break from you, whoever the other guy in Kajigugu is. We'll always have Too Shy, but I'm writing this song for the never-ending story. But anyway, right. it, was, it was awesome. It was a great show. And I really liked Matthew Deere, who I was not really familiar with, but he does not give a damn. And he was just sort of out there and a wo- woman with balloons all over her. And it's uh, sort of like this industrial music that's also like by way of Roxy music and Brian Eno yeah. and Bowie and but he, it was great. So that those are my amazing. two Matthew recommendations uh, for good good stuff. Okay. But anyway, um, I, I, but so we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about are we not? <laughs> Vengeance of Varos, right? Yeah, Vengeance of Varos. Yeah, I had one like that. it does I will tie it in a little bit. Yeah, do um, it. I had watched pretty much 80% of the story and I hadn't watched it last night so I was texting you from the show and I was like we may have to push uh, the show back a little bit because I was not watching it when I came home I was re-watching clips of Never Ending Story uh, what I was doing. <laughs> that makes a lot so of sense I just though. I literally just finished it a few 
minutes, I guess, before cool. we're recording now. So it's very fresh, fresh in my mind. We can jump right into Vengeance Super and Boros, unless you have anything else to add. No, I just want to get into the story, All man. All right, so then let's hit the it. button. Uh, All right. Let's Where leave. The button? Where's the button? Oh, there. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Man, lower the price of your commodity a little, please. My people deserve fair prices for the Zyton 7 all. Who else will buy from you if my corporation withdraws its contract? We shall have to find other outlets, I should think. You are not a rich planet. Zyton is all you have to sell. Here are other exports. We're expanding into entertainments and communications with some success. How? The Punishment Dome. We sell tapes of what happens there. <laughs> that is enterprising. Your idea, Governor. Yes? Are they really disturbing, these videos you sell? They show what befalls those who refuse to obey the orders by which the people of Varos must live. Torture, blindness, execution. All the functions of the Punishment Dome are recorded as warnings to miscreants everywhere. This is Vengeance on Varos. This is the second serial of the 22nd season in 1985 because we'll be in 1985 for some time. This is written by Philip Martin and directed by Ron Jones of the Jonestown Joneses. Uh, we'll know Ron Jones because he directed Black Orchid, which we liked. Mm, I liked that. Time Flight, which we did not like. Oh, you mean Concord? Uh, yeah, Concord. Arc of <laughs> Infinity, which was good, and Frontiers, yeah. which was good. So he's, he's got yeah. a pretty good track record. On the planet of Varos, um, public executions are must-watch TV, literally. Uh, you have nothing else to do. It's a terrible place to live. Uh, the only thing that you have going for you is watching some guy get laser-brained. Laser uh, the population is poor, hungry, uh, and as I said, their only joy seems to be from watching human suffering and death while voting. Uh, with or against a prisoner governor who must come up with solutions to try to s help save this doomed planet. Uh, the Doctor and Perry arrive there seeking the mineral Zyton 7, and instead they find a planet of misery that's being manipulated by a mining company and a tongue-flicking, creepy worm man uh, named Sill who loves, loves to get sprayed. That little delightful scamp. Uh, Sil, that is pretty much Vengeance on Varos. Uh, what did you think of the story, Dan? Man, I'm, I haven't actually kind of figured out how I feel about it. I think overall, uh, it was a fine story. There were some weird uh, um, digressions there that we didn't quite need, like the whole uh, mutation beam to <laughs> make Terry have feathers. Cat, uh, I, I don't know lady? what the... Yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. There's some weird things. I mean, <laughs> overall, I mean, it was a really dark story. Um, I think that the satire of uh, government and television and, you know, the brutality of it, all that, it was it was a little heavy-handed, but it was it was still interesting. I kind of liked that that couple, um, Eric and Etta, who were just kind of the commenting on the whole thing as it goes, kind of... Um, I guess, uh, Running Man style. Yeah, yeah, it was or, uh, Running Man. Yeah. I loved it, and I loved uh, that edition of Eric and Etta, like you're saying, that do not have any effect on the story other than they're voting. Um, but they're right. sort of this stand-in uh, for the populace and almost like a Greek chorus-type thing. Yeah, of you, yeah. You know, every once in a while you see them and how they're interacting and how voting is and how d a dumb population that's sort of tied to TV and, and desensitized and just sort of voting against their interests almost all the time. Uh, so yeah. I thought that was... I, lo I actually really liked the story all the way through. I thought it was really good. I mean, if, if for nothing else, this story had Syl in it. And it did. Damn, Syl, yeah. there were some interesting choices that actor that made. That was a weird, Real. that was almost David Lynch-like at certain points uh, with his his whole thing. And it was so well, weird. Yeah. And I, I, I had to, I went and found, uh, uh, I guess maybe it's one, on one of the DVD commentaries or something, I'm guessing. But I found on YouTube an uh, interview with the actor as he's talking about what he did with Syl. 
and uh, that so it's still for to remind people who may not have just recently watched the show. He's the the uh, alien who is uh, of the mentor race, which is kind of like a reptile kind of race, and he's the um, spokesman or uh, main negotiator yeah, for mining the mining company. corporation. In your research, are, yeah. are the research and air quotes are the m- mining company made of mentors? Or is he sort of a one-off weirdo? Because his guards are not of his race. Yeah, no. You know, um, his, his... I actually didn't come across that. I don't I don't know that he is or not. Yeah, I was just wondering if I that whole really mining company is a bunch of these worm people. Or if he's just sort of their... Uh, right, right, right. If he's uh, just unique, employed by them. Yeah, a unique person or something. I don't know. Yeah. But go on. Well, so, no, it's just the, that... that costume that he has to wear is all one piece and he said he has to get like lathered up with (laughs) lotion and vaseline and slip in through the neck hole and then everything below the neck is all connected in one piece so weird so disgusting and uh he would he said he was he was at a friend's house uh who had a had a live snake i mean everyone's uh, best friend has a live snake, so it was, it was handling the snake and and really studying it. I guess in preparation for the role, I was staring at the snake as it was like flicking its tongue, smelling him, and he started mimicking it back at him. <laughs> at one point, he just went. I said, "That's it. Yeah, That's no, the laugh." That was a, that was <laughs> so a keeper. He, he was a keeper. He's like, yeah, so, so it's probably a reptile. Uh, you mentioned uh, that that was kind of Lynchian in a way. I have I had a similar note. I I feel like there's so many. Um, uh, allusions to other things, other sci-fi, um, you know, stories and universes in this. Like, well, it's a, still it's, kind of felt a little bit like um, a third Lynch's stage Dune. guild navigator. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Dune stuff in here. Like they talk it, about the, and again, Dune is, is I think, the is most successful in your science head. fiction book. It's always in my head running. <laughs> but it's a monumental book. Um, yeah. So the fact that it's like, oh, there's this really wonderful drug and only is on one planet this is the planet. And then, yeah, you're right. He He's sort of this... He's got that Baron Harkonnen sort of thing in my head. A third stage guild navigator. If you remember in that movie, nope. they're in giant tanks of gas and these mutated uh, uh, creatures, the, the guild navigators are floating in it. And he's also on a tank right, uh, right. when he's being wheeled out. So I can see that and in Dune when they the, the third stage guild navigator approaches the emperor um, to, to, to sort of find out what's going on with Paul Atreides. There's a bunch of men behind him, like all these like weird dudes in like black uh, leather, like sweeping oh, yeah. the ground. And, and it's very much like his that entourage setup. that's spraying him. So I, Entre- I can see slaves. a lot of that. They are straight up slaves. They are not just entourage. They are, yeah. Yeah, they're like slave gladiator like a, a guard because at one point he you know they try to that whole weird execution scene where they're all yeah. gonna get hung and it's like oh these aren't real ropes or whatever and the doctor's aware right. of it because the cameras aren't on can we keep talking about silver yeah because, no we can talk about silver because it's also well when i first saw yeah we're gonna do a whole hour on cell <laughs> when when i saw so he never leaves that that stand that he's wheeled around on that has the water tank in it whatever so whatever I don't understand why, from a practical standpoint, he actually had to be in a suit that worked like that. He literally could have been standing through a, you know, a trap that you don't see in the top of the thing, and that tail could have just been a prosthetic that was manipulated by, you know, someone's hand. I don't understand. What, like, that's why I thought. I thought he was actually standing, and that tail was was uh, manipulated by someone else for the effect. It just seems so so much so much overkill. For someone who you don't have to do it that way, and he must be so uncomfortable the whole time. I just felt bad for him. Yeah, um, I, I liked. I I didn't think it. I thought the costuming was pretty good for him, except for the face. The face, the face was, was a, yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah, definitely around the face, the way that it kind of melded right. into the skin. But so it was definitely a very job of the hut sort of look they were going for it. I think it would have to be because that was eighty three, and this is uh, eighty five. So that kind of makes sense. Right. And he definitely had that weird. That they explained later, but his weird uh, style of speech where uh, word order is kind of mixed up in a very Yoda sort of way. He only does it a few times, but it really caught my ear when he when he would say things like that. Yeah, he, um, he, was, his, he was his own beast altogether. And it's such a yeah. weird, it was just so weird, uh, all the interactions with him and how excited he got and creepy yeah. and wanting to get sprayed and, and... Well, it wasn't just the spray. That was definitely weird, just getting getting lathered up with the spray, but like... When when he's talking about the um, 
the videos that they're making of these, yeah. of oh, these he's tortures. so turned that on by so the turned violence. On. His eyes going to go and, rolling around. He's practically rubbing his chest. Yeah, and, and that's, doing de- the whole, right. that's definitely to your point about the Harkonnens. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. sort of, you know, heart plugs and everything else going on on that on Giddy Prime. If we're going to talk about Giddy Prime, uh, we can certainly do that. But I loved all the hallucinations and the drug aspect. Yeah. This story is full of well, drug references. The, how- well, but, uh, just in terms of story, these yeah. levels, these catacombs are full of hallucinogens. Like when the TARDIS appears, the guard well, yes. that's watching, he's like, oh, I assume that this is just a hallucination. And hallucinations make up, They don't they see a giant uh, insect giant at one, one point? Fly at one fly, point, yeah. yeah. So like there's tons of this stuff. And then there's one scene yeah. all the way at the end when the doctor and um, I think he's with... Who's the who's the prisoner that becomes a good? There's Arita, like the '80s punk uh, hair metal girl, and John Dar, yes. right? They're coming John through Dar, yeah. the the catacombs, and there's like I don't know if it's like orange gas or there's like smoke in the air, and they have just smiling, and they all I'm mean, like they're totally oh, high, yeah, yeah. And then you when realize they're, they're seeing their own hallucinations own, of yeah, themselves yeah. calling, but that's a total drug scene. The whole thing was just... Maybe that one was. I didn't read the rest of it as, as drug-like at all. I just thought it was some effect that they have built in. Like, I, I don't know. I just thought it was some sort of raise, mind raise, whatever. Oh, it is. I mean, I'm mean, saying it, but if you're watching this and you're high in 1985, like, I feel like it was very... Sure. There was a lot of stuff there Maybe for it is. Uh, you're right. that you're like right. To, to partake. Uh, to partake of that. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the whole thing starts off in a really weird way like oh it was green smoke it was green smoke it was green yeah. smoke you're right yeah yeah, yeah. um it was <laughs> so weird how it started off like you start with the exterior i thought that for a show that typically does model work really well mm-hmm. i think it's one of the strong suits um throughout classic who some of the costumes some of the other production design stuff may not be all that great but i think the model work is is consistently pretty good the exteriors on this were horrible thankfully you don't really you yeah, see them not like many. twice right yeah there's like, no, there's but you don't really see see all the all the domes but then it comes right in on John Dar, stripped to the waist. There's a lot of chest. Manacles. Yeah, there's a there's lot, a lot of, of open chest. shirts, uh, chest going yeah. on. So I figured so that was something for the fellas. Uh, but it well, well, it's also something for uh, for Etta because we start with her transfixed, watching John Dar getting yeah. laserized uh, or dodging the beams, and she's got this weird smile it's on her so face, weird. and she was clearly in the middle of like taking her food tray back to the retail. Like, she just stopped there and was transfixed. It was really yeah, creepy. It's a <laughs> it weird lo- mix which of works pain well. and pleasure, and there's, yeah. like, an S&M thing going on, there's too. kind of S&M like, thing. This is all the way at the end, too, and we're going to get to it. But why are there a bunch of old men in diapers that have been stuck in the thing? Like, that comes out of nowhere, and they're yeah. literally in diapers. And it's like, yeah. okay, don't go near the tentacles. Yeah, that that's some crazy crazy stuff going and on. And they're cannibals. They're old men in diapers who are cannibals. Yeah, it's, it's a, that it's was weird. I mean, it's super great. You know, throw it in. The more the merrier. Oh, yeah, I like, love that. It. Was just weird. I, I don't know why it. we needed it. Uh, so basic story. So we have a society got, yeah. that yeah. Uh, again, it's there's a very valuable, or the doctor says in the beginning, it's a very valuable substance. This Zaiton Seven. It's only located in one place. Happens to pl- uh, be this planet Varos. Mm-hmm. Who I guess over time through corruption, this uh, I was going to say uh, spacing guild, but it's another guild uh, has the, the mine. yeah has sort of uh, bought one of the people there. I forget the character's name that they bought. He's in cahoots with them. Um, it's oh the, the chief. Well, it's the yeah, chief, chief officer. officer, whatever his name is. Yeah. I don't remember what his that, name. That's is. all his name. Is He's working chief. with Sill, so Sill's paying him, and they're really undercutting the price of. Zaitan Seven, so they're they're hardly paying drastically. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the country or the planet or whatever is starving yeah. to death. They don't have enough money, and mm-hmm. somehow we've gotten to the point where governors are sort of randomly selected, and they have to make decisions, and then the people vote on whether or not they back those decisions. And if people don't back those decisions, they're killed, which is a great sort of analogy. You say it's a little bit on the nose, and it is. It um, is. But for the political system about <clears throat> wanting to, you know, you have your uh, whatever special interest groups that are really running the show, and you have to sort of get votes and stay in office and make decisions and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was kind of cool. 
Yeah, I hate to draw too many parallels to the current time we're living in, but um, it, yeah, it definitely felt like that. Uh, the point that you were saying, the governor says, um, the theory being that a man scared for his life will find solutions to the planet's problems, especially the poor, unfortunate, will discover there are no popular solutions to the difficulty who will find waiting for him. Right. And so politicians that speak the truth, nobody wants to hear it. So you have to lie right. and do bad decisions and the society, society keeps crumbling, which I thought right. was cool. But how they got to that point over time, who knows, but who cares? You get the yeah. sense that this has been going on for a while, that this yes. is generations. Of, yeah, generation after generation of governor yes. has been publicly executed as well as prisoners being executed right right uh, i thought you said it well in the in the intro, intro like the, a prisoner governor because that's yeah, really yes, what he is yeah. he's he's conscripted into doing this chosen from one of the the uh high-ranking guard the um there one of them will be selected to have to do this and right. then yeah another one pulls up the rank and it was cool too yeah. i like the the fact that the guards and there's two of them that switch sides so you see yeah. sort of the conflict within the people in charge about they don't really like what they're doing, but they're doing it because it's the way that things are. And you yeah. see them switch. They the, the first one is almost immediately killed. Like he's. Well, I wanted to say that's why I just laughed. Was like, so that's that's Rondell. He was a, a friend of John Dar and yeah, and I guess John Dar had uh, been one of these. Guards, guards or whatever, and he well, turned, right? Because he I'll, learned. I'll, yes, much. I'll come back to that because there was actually, I have uh, the transcript from a deleted scene, I guess, that explains this a little bit more. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's he's kind of, he has become um, radicalized because he sees uh, the opulent lifestyle that these, uh, supposedly opulent lifestyle that the um, ruling class live in. We see no evidence of that whatsoever. Now, assuming that's but, like... Quillam with his mangled face is he a member of the, the like, we don't see any of that or, yeah we just yeah. don't see the rich people assuming the chief officer is a member of that class perhaps perhaps but um uh, John Dar's being uh laserized in the SMN SNM uh chamber and uh Aretta's in in a holding cell and talks to to Rondell and we get this whole backstory so there's obviously some uh relationship between the three of them Rondell finally, you know, helps uh, to get John Dar away. He gets killed immediately, and they never mention him again. They don't even turn around when he dies. They, there's no. absolutely no mention of him. He's just he's just dead now. Yeah, there's there's a lot a of weird. that kind of you never see him again. Even at the conclusion, uh, Arita and John Dar, they're all in the tunnel, and then all of a sudden they're immediately confronting Sill. And yeah. you never see what happens to right, Raider right. and Jandar. Yeah. Assuming I mean, they're alive, I mean, assuming they're fine, but they're not yeah. a part of the conclusion of the story. Yeah, you're right, actually. Not at all. They're just kind of left out. Yeah, you, and, and it's like literally the preceding up. scene, you don't real. they're supposedly looking for an exit, right? So there's this running man scenario that you brought up where you are on TV because there's cameras everywhere and you can run through this maze. Yeah. And if you don't, and everybody gets killed, but I guess at the end is an exit to where, who knows? We never find the exits, exit. He, really. They just end up, the next time you see the doctor, he walks into the room with Syl. Yeah. And there's that rushed ending, because I felt like the ending was a little bit rushed. It was very rushed, yeah. And you never see, do they just leave those two in the, in the catacombs? It, it, They're it, hanging out with cannibals. Yeah, was there a scene before where it's like, all right, we're going in this room, you guys go back to that room. So it was a little, a little strange. Yeah, I thought they yeah. would all be together at the end. It felt odd that people that you spent the entire show with, like John Dar, who the show opens with, or the story opens with, you don't just right. you don't see him again. Well, I mean that that kind of goes a little bit to the one problem I had was some of these subplots that don't. Well, really, it was the the mu mutation ray thing subplot that just had no, no bearing it was just on weird. it. And we and it was a lot of makeup. A whole, a lot of makeup. I, I feel like that was the whole point. Was just like the makeup effects team was just like, we're gonna spend all of our money just on this one story, and we're gonna put feathers on Perry. That's all we want. <laughs> um, so, but there was that. It, it, it wasn't huge. It didn't take up actually a lot of screen time, but it also had very little impact on the story at all. So why not cut that and spend more time with the way that it resolved? Because, like you said, it really did just like. Well, I guess the mining company is not going to come save you now, Sil, so you're on your own and it's all figured out. It, it just felt very rushed. But I think that's kind of true of, of some of the stories that we see. Yeah, just and I don't want to... Like, here's a whole bunch of setup and it's like, all right, we just got to wrap this thing up Speaking now. of the that first guy that we were talking about, that uh, the guard that was friends with John Dark. Rondell, yeah. He reminded me of that like space 
dude, uh, space, uh, what were they, like Ravagers or something, in Terminus? Do you remember it was like those 80s? It was like the 80s chick, and then the... Oh, yeah. The glammed out. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, even know. I didn't bother looking it up to see if it was the same actor, but it seemed like no, the same type of character. I don't character, think it was, but, but yeah, yeah, it, it was probably that isn't kind of the same dude, but... Feathery hair and whatnot. Yeah, he, he's instantly killed. Lots of people killed. The doctor... Does he throw yeah, two guys about... in acid, no, or do they he fall? clearly didn't. Apparently, apparently, this was a big controversy at the time. Um, he's he doesn't try to I'll... help them. Correct. He doesn't I try to say stop he is them. Very frozen cavalier lunch. about it, yeah. and very flippant at the end. But he does not push them in. He surprises the guards. One falls in on his own. He does not push him. He does fall right. on his own. He tussles with the other guard, spins him around, and then the first guard grabs the second and pulls him in. The doctor does nothing to try to yeah, stop them from falling no in. He makes no effort to keep None. these people from having their skin boiled off of them from or eaten away at the whatever acid. Bath yeah, and he makes he makes this like, I mean, obviously disgusted face at like the second uh, first guard comes up out of the acid and is, he's got this red skin and boils yeah, all over him and he grabs him. But it's not like, I'm not going to save you from that. And then he makes a little quip at the end, like, you'll excuse me if I don't join you. And then, yeah. like, wha- and then there's, in the music, there's a there's little womp womp little music going on whenever he does that. Like, we just saw two guys basically get boiled alive in acid. And it's 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 played for lighthearted humor. Yeah, pretty much yeah. the body count's very high. All of the bad people that we meet are killed, whether they're yeah. killed by those tentacle things or... Well, thrown in acid. Who, they're either killed or they have a chance. Except for Sill, who's the worst of them, and it's corrupted his society. For some reason, he just gets let off. Right, right. He's just going to have to pay a whole lot more for the Yeah, Zyton, that whole thing at the whatever. end does it, doesn't make a lot of sense, because if Zaiton is super rare and super hard to find... It doesn't make any sense. And they're going to invade, and they're on the, the, you know, the edge of invasion. Why don't they just mm-hmm. take the planet, take the Zaiton, even if they discovered... Some extra stuff on an ast. First, they say they discovered extra stuff on an asteroid, and then the immediately next me- message is we really need this stuff, so pay as much as you can possibly pay. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, I guess no. you could argue. Well, they don't say who discovered the asteroid, so maybe they didn't discover oh. it, and someone else did, and now they're in a rush. So now there's and they don't com- have time for war. Oh. But That's even funny. then, just. War makes more sense because this this place is starving. They don't seem like they have much of an army. Just take it right. over and take the Zaiton, and then it's yours. From the from generations ago, they, sh- yeah, they should have just it done it. It doesn't matter. They should have just taken the whole thing. Yeah, okay, but I have a bigger problem with the Zaiton 7. So the whole thing, well, okay, let me just back up even further. The story from the Doctor and Perry's point of view starts the same way that every story has started recently. There's a malfunction in the TARDIS, yeah. and then... It's just the same thing. It's the same thing. And it, every time. This takes place immediately following where we left them, which was, again, where they're fixing the chameleon circuit. I don't, no, I don't know that it is. This is the because, next story after. Well, it's the next story, but it's not chronologically for them. Other things have happened. I mean, for in terms of when these things came out, we saw okay, the yes, immediately yes, yeah, proceeding. Yes. yes. So all of this stuff that she talks about happening where, uh, I think he he made her cold lunch and burned it. I, here, I have it. They're running around I have corridors it. or whatever. Since, since we left Telos, we've caused three electrical fires, a total power failure, a near collision with a storm of asteroids. Twice managed to get yourself lost in the TARDIS corridors. I thought that was actually kind of funny. Uh, wiped the memory of the flight computer and jettisoned three quarters of the storage hold. You even managed to burn up my dinner last night, and she was supposed yeah, to so have was a, a cold, cold dinner. Wah, wah. <laughs> they should have at least had one line, and you broke the chameleon circuit again, if we're never going to talk about the chameleon circuit, because we spent all that time... In the previous story, with the oh. chameleon circuit changing, I don't know. I, I, I think someone wrote in, maybe we'll get to it at the end, that they do never talk about the chameleon circuit again as far as it being fixed. This is- so there is there is a deleted scene. I actually looked at this up because I, I some, of, some of what was happening I just wanted to review, and I found a site that actually has a whole bunch of transcripts of the actual story. Um, and... He, the doctor does say in this scene, what more do you want? I've cleared it up as your request. I stabilized the chameleon circuit. Perry asked, well, what will we materialize now as? And the doctor says, a police box, I think. And then refers to other things that they've materialized as when they've had other adventures okay, that we so have Okay, so that's a scene that was cut? Yeah, okay. it was a scene that was cut. I'm, you know, so take it for what it's worth. It was cut for a reason, I guess. But, um, yeah, so we don't see anything more with the chameleon circuit, and he's stabilized it, and now they're just going to yeah, the Yeah, that's a small box. thing. I, but, it doesn't really but, matter. But, but, but I think to the thing is pointing to larger. So the the sixth doctor starts off 
purposefully very different and very kind of unlikable. I mean, no, I'm going to say definitely unlikable in that he tries to kill Perry. So he's definitely unlikable. But now they're kind of moving him in a direction where he's both supremely confident in his ability, but also obviously inept. So I'm not sh- like, well, how do you he's mean he's in- oh, inept just in the fact that he burned her lunch? And it was supposed yeah, to be well, cold. Well, he also like, jettisoned part of the TARDIS. He gets lost in the corridors. Yeah, he started fires. Like, he does this all the time. And in the previous stories, he's screwed up the chameleon circuit. He's, I feel he's, like they're well, making him more absent-minded. Sort of, uh, but yeah. still brilliant. He's brilliant, but he also Definitely screws brilliant, things but up. But that weird, that mix of, of hyper-confidence for no reason, um, or for, you know... Or being undercut by what he actually does, I guess. I'm not yeah, sure. No, I, just, I, I, I like him I, more. It's still in not this. my favorite thing that they're. Do- I like him definitely like him more yeah. in this than I have in previous stories, but I still don't like Six that much yet. So no, I mean I don't know. He, this was my favorite outing of his of the three we've done. Right, I think we've done three at this point. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely one of the better stories. Perry is hard to like. Only because I just feel like she's constantly screaming and whining and whatever, right? She's always damsel like in distress. Yeah, I feel like there's, there's, I hope something different happens with her at some point. I agree. I don't think it's the actress's fault at all. I think she's she's fine. And it, and, and the character itself can be charming. I thought she was actually charming in the in her first story. Um, I was I, I was very excited to see what they were going to yeah, do with no, her. No, yeah, her first but, story, it felt like she uh, she was more of like someone that when she was determined and she would do things and yep. she, even if it was dangerous yes. and headstrong. None of that's happening anymore. Not, none of it. It's, yeah, that's that's a real shame. I I would like to see her do more. Um, that that definitely is why the companions, some companions, stand out as Doesn't being so great get, as they have so right. many so much to contribute. Doesn't she get captured twice in this story? She oh god, there's so much back and forth in this where they get captured, they escape, they get captured, yeah. they escape, they get brought back to the control room. It's that just, happens often. It happens at least three times. Right. Perry's captured, turned into a bird woman, then the doctor somehow frees her by blowing the machine up and she's fine. Yes. And then yes. she wanders, she's still dazed from it, and then she gets captured again. Yes. Yeah, there is it a doesn't. lot of that. It, yeah, yeah. It, and and I've mentioned that in previous stories too. Just that whole back and forth that you you just repeat the same places over and over again. It just gets a little yeah. And it's it feels like it's unnecessary. It's, it's hard to sort of get into her head about why she even wants to be doing any of like why isn't she asking to go home? She always seems to be angry at the doctor for screwing something up, and she's always in danger of dying. Yeah, like yeah. what's she really getting at? I would it? like to see a story where they just have. An awesome adventure where she yeah, or she's gets curious about cool things. things like or, yeah yeah she's yeah driving instead a little of bit of the story i don't know exactly instead of going to these stories where <laughs> at least half a dozen people die her life's in peril <laughs> over and over again like it just doesn't sound like it's that great and or even if um as they do in other places they make reference to other adventures they've had that were great. They do, but they're usually peppered with insults, which is also fine. I mean, that's sort of a playful banter that they've got going on, and I, I'm okay with that. I guess. I just wish that it's... There's just so many times that the only thing Perry's doing is screaming or, or crying on screen. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not a great dynamic. I do feel like because they're... Uh, Colin Baker or the, or the whole production team, they're kind of evolving what this this Doctor's incarnation is like. Maybe that will get better. I just I just hope that dynamic gets better for Perry. And I hope at some point she cannot have to wear high heels. <laughs> she's in high heels. She was well, wearing and, high and heels in single color outfits. Where single it's color just outfits like a super with the, tight with the red shirt shoes. And whatever connected to whatever pants that she's yep. in. She had red shoes, red belt, which is great. Hey, match up. But uh, with open-toed heels <laughs> running through a, a gauntlet of death. Like, just take them off, maybe. Just take them off. How about that? Yeah, Break the fine. heel and run. I don't know. It just... <sighs> and they're always so just saying her full <laughs> name all the time. Like, she's always out of it. And then he's got to say her full name and recover her memories or something. I feel like that's happened before, right? I don't know. Right when she, it didn't seem all that interesting to no, me. It's like that that part of it. Like I still no, love just, this just story. Just the fact though. that I don't. Just just the fact that 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 whole mutation thing, and then it kind of, it leads into Quilliam's story. Like he's some sort of scientist, and that all comes from the 
the the mining uh that kind of happened accidentally of these miners when they were mining their hands turned into claws with fur to help better dig like the whole it just yeah it's like hyper evolution it's so useless yes hyper evolution because and that part actually makes sense but why is perry turning into a bird oh right right the whole okay so maybe is it more interesting let's 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 figure this out so quillam we first see quillam talk about this with um with big hair lady i'm sorry john dar's wife uh Aretta. so he's saying to her like i wonder what's going on in your head uh you're gonna turn into something really interesting we don't really know anything about that and then later we hear like whatever thing is in your head plants a seed so however you see yourself this beam yeah so she brings sees it out herself full, somehow as a bird as not worthy well no yeah perry, perry sees herself I mean. as a bird and he and he says because she wants to fly away Obviously, natural well, maybe scientific she does, induction in which there. Case, like, well, she does say something later. I thought I could fly. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe. And then the other one turns into some sort of reptile that Syl gets aroused by. Yeah. Syl is such a creep. It's, it's such a creep. It's a weird, so great as well, but such yeah, a creep. It's such like, a weird, it's, like, again, everything's got a tinge of sexuality to the paint. Like, that's what I mean. It's got this S&M thing kind of going on, too, with the way... And and uh, Quillum's like that too. Like when he confronts him at the end, and the TV cameras, and he does that little rant about, "I'm going to watch you die, and it's going to be this horrible." Th- Do you remember he does that little speech? Yeah. And yeah. the doctor's like, "No," and he cuts the thing, and the tentacles kill all the guys. He rigged a trap, but that makes there's sense. no way that the doctor. How did the doctor know that those things were instantaneously poisoned to the touch? That we don't yeah, see. I don't know. He just happened to know that it was like super deadly poison ivy. Okay, here's here's the thing I was I was kind of leading up to before. Um, so there's a problem with the TARDIS, as always. They get stuck in a weird time-space void, and they have no power. So they need to find this Zayton 7. We find out that, um, Sills... I believe, Dan. What? Isn't it Zayton 7? Zayton. Zayton. We have have to be careful with our pronunciations, because we... I've been corrected many times. We will have some of that in our, uh... uh, Yes, anyway, we'll we'll come back to that. People get very angry, uh, if I, I don't say Nissa. Uh, if I say Nisa. 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 Uh, okay, so we'll come back we'll to that. But, that so my, my point being, this precious substance, we find out from Syl, after the mm-hmm. governor passes out, um, that this mineral is so prized because every engineer in the known galaxy needs it for their space-time craft. But they're, they're, they're dropping this, like, that there are space-time craft all over the new, known galaxy. Like, I, I know that other other civilizations do have some form of like time travel and the time loads are not entirely unique in that they just have more control than others etc but how is that it just seems like a very like throwaway thing like oh of course all these all these uh engineers all over the galaxy with their space time craft it just seems like a weird thing to kind of throw in here uh, especially when they say you know they capture perry one of the first times i guess and they're interrogating her, and she says she's from a different century. Oh, you're not going to believe me. Of course we're not going to believe you. Well, why wouldn't they believe her? There's engineers all over the place with space-time craft. So, I don't know. Just that element of of how the universe works in, in Doctor Who, I, I find a little confusing. Like, this is the only place. So, so, I guess on Gallifrey, they have to deal with Varos or whoever, whatever mining company gets this mineral from Varos? Like, this is just a known thing? Yeah, the, the mineral part is very strange, too, because we've never heard about it before, but it's essential, I guess, to the TARDIS or to fixing the TARDIS. So the TARDIS yeah. needs it in some capacity. Or at least for time travel yeah. as a whole, right. for any vehicle to do any time Which travel. Which means yeah. that if this really is the only source of the stuff, why right. aren't more mining companies attempting to make contact with the planet and offer them... Why do they have this exclusive contract, even if the, the, the people have gotten there and they're exploiting them via, you know, that, uh, the, what's the guy, the chief officer? Yeah. You yeah. would think if it's the only way that you can sort of do this, are are people just unaware that it comes from this planet? And the doctor does because he's a time lord and they know where, where everything is. Like, it right. seems kind of a little strange. Um that you know, it's it's used for time travel, and there's a lot of time travel going on. Apparently, there's a lot of time travel because right, because they say yeah, they it. say so it, be. so there's a market for it. So, yeah. And I I understand the mining company is getting the stuff, refining it, and selling it to everyone else, and that's their business model. Sure, but it seems like I mean maybe like, yeah, why right. aren't so other we don't, people we don't know the backstory. To, 
to get in on yeah. uh, the Varos action. Right. So still does make a reference to the fact that these are these these exclusive rights that they've they've uh, obtained, and that he's completely paranoid that uh, the Doctor Perry or, or anyone else really is coming from some other rival mining organization. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, who knows? Perhaps. I don't know, just guessing, perhaps um, this mining organization keeps a secret of where they actually get their resources from, so no one else can actually approach them for another contract. So there's that's why he's worried about corporate spies coming in to figure it out or whatever. So that that whole part, that's interesting, but that's not the thing that bothers me so much. It's just like yeah, you just, casually, casually, so casually casual? dropping that there's casually dropping there's a huge market for this mineral because of all the space-time travel that's going on in the in the known solar system well obviously the cryons every solar yeah, system. obviously the yeah. cryons were traveling in time uh so i guess they've purchased from this if mining we get into our whole my whole issues with uh, attack of the cybermen which we'll cover because several people have explained that to us via email or yeah. other form I guess. Um, anything else sort of do explained. you have anything else with vengeance i feel like we covered a good deal of it Hey, so what was the vengeance? I mean, because like you said, Sill doesn't get his comeuppance. The mining company doesn't really get 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 any revenge on them for having screwed over the civilization for what seems like generations. Well, I is it just is that what they consider the voting is the way that they're punishing uh, uh, okay. the wrong decisions of their leaders? And the, but they're determining that's their what vengeance. Are right or wrong? Maybe I don't. That's a good as answer. That's a good I don't know if, that, as if I that's have. good. I don't know. Um, but they could say, "Oh, this politician has done me injury, and now I will get my vengeance on them via whatever that ray was." What was that ray? It was like a cell massager or something. <laughs> it's a cell massager. You can't get massaged too much before you before it goes. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a it's weird true, thing. Though. That was a weird thing. How the the governors are killed, and they're like, he's only got one more cell massage. It wasn't a massager, but whatever, whatever <laughs> was it was. It? it was just a yeah. weird uh, light death. It was a kind of weird. Yeah. I do like that the, the quaint, uh, when they decide to kill the doctor, uh, and they're like, let's just do the old-fashioned hanging. Like It's just like such right, a quaint right. little way of doing an execution. That's yeah, and I and I kind of like that he had, he the doctor had deduced that it wasn't real that the the nooses weren't tied because the cameras were turned off and and then he's the one that kind of reveals that um, you know the Verosians are getting screwed for all this uh, for their money that they should be yeah because he he's aw- that was fine right, he's aware he's that aware. it's very valuable they're not and I guess you know to your point it's an exclusive well, deal and they've they've shielded I mean, but no but the media even then so the doctor knows there's a huge it's a huge valuable there's a lot of value to this minerals again indicating there's a huge market that mean there's a lot of time travel happening and we just don't see that there's no evidence of that really right. some stories it's yeah there's some stories that time travels a, a big deal to try to find the cybermen are trying to get time travel the the right. daleks are trying to get time travel this is a big deal and to your point but it's like oh, but every, every known solar yeah, every, system needs it for time it. travel i'm i'm sorry i'm just really stuck on it because it just feels like that is a big foundational shift in like our understanding of how the universe works in this um in these stories i don't know bothers me um what else do we have uh, i feel like we, we probably covered, I think we pretty much covered, we covered it. all the the bases i mean we talked about yeah i mean it's it's horribly violent there's a lot of gunplay there's the acid what about baths. the ending i thought the ending was also awesome where you take the pot you know the chorus that we talked about the two people that yep. they spend their uh-huh. whole time voting and watching it when the tvs go Ed off and eric and they're uh-huh. left on their own and they don't know what to do and I thought that was yeah. such a cool way to end it uh, yeah. because it feels like, well, that's us as a society. You know, if we stop watching this crap that they're feeding us and we start voting by thinking about what we're voting for, we're free. And that freedom comes with the cost of sort of being alone and naked outside of Eden and you don't know where to where to go or what to do. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was a cool yeah. ending. It, it had a, a, a real, you know, Samuel Beckett sort of feel at the end. Um but yeah, that was that was that was nice, uh, and and actually really like I said at the beginning, I I liked those characters and the and the function they served, especially yeah, like that guy the, voting the whole... for her too, and like the yeah. their back and forth. I thought it was great because it's a lot like right, right, right. That she was a true believer and that he was more of a, a skeptic and cynic, and yeah, they're they're back and forth, and and just I liked watching them as they were you know viewing the whole 
running man sort of scenario and commenting on it as it goes and oh i hate this part. yeah yeah no, that, like, that was, was cool. kind of yeah that was very yeah. cool and i that governor character is also interesting because he's very layered because he is a yeah. prisoner and he is being tortured yeah. and you get that sense that he does want to do the right thing but he's also not a good person like right. when he's trying to figure out early on i mean he talks about using perry's bait i think or even killing her at one point or like he's not a nice person he's trying to survive he's trying to survive but he's using people yeah in the way that all politicians and people of power use people so it's like yeah it's not a black and white this is a good person this is a bad person i thought that right kind of was an interesting take on the story but then when he does get his freedom at the end or he's not under the fear of death like he does do the right thing yeah i like that little speech that he gives to the guy that also eventually turns and saves their life Right. Where he's like, oh, the just guard. let let Perry go or let us go or just kill her. After they kill me, just kill her so they don't have to do the cell massaging to her again. And then he comes back and is like, I tried. We're both going to die. It's like, I was like, oh, man, what a, what a letdown Boy. that was. But technically, yeah. she's not going to die. She's going to get cell massage for a few hours. Um, but yeah. It feels good. It's refreshing. I think that nails it. I think that, overall, overall, I like I like the whole story. Weird side digressions that we didn't need, but you know, still kind of yeah. Definitely thumbs <laughs> just, up. My favorite Colin Baker story. Easy. I for sure. I loved a lot of the ideas, and I think it was a good science fiction story all around. Unfortunately, I think we've been. Uh, it's been indicated to us by some of the listeners that this is considered one of the better stories. Oh, well, of I, to- Baker's I totally run. get so, that. I mean. But that, that means that the, we've hit the high water mark and it's all going to be. Well, it's not going to get worse than Twin know. Dilemma, right? I mean, that was. I know. I think I think we know the, yeah, the outer bounds the, of, the low of Baker. Point. So I'm fine yeah, going forward. Good. Well, we have an okay. exceptional amount of viewer mail. Yeah. Like, well, viewer feedback, feedback period. Do we have yeah. any specific to this story we could do first? We do. Good. Real quick um, from Twitter. Uh uh, Christops Paddock uh, wrote to us, uh, Vengeance and Varos, Cannibals, Public Executions, Acid Baths, oh my. Um, so that was it. That, that actually set me up before I'd even uh, watched the entire thing. To, I didn't hadn't, hadn't even seen the cannibals yet. So actually, because <laughs> of that, thank you, cannibal. Christops. You completely, you completely um, colored my interpretation of uh, when we see them getting their food rations. Uh, uh, Etta and Eric are getting the food rations and Eric says, what is this food? And she said, it doesn't have a label on it. I thought it was a whole Soylent Green thing happening. Which oh, yeah. very well might right, be the case. Be. I don't know. But um, yeah, you definitely colored my impression of that. So you made my watching more interesting. So thanks. Um, no, but that was, the, that was the only thing. I'm sorry, I forgot to actually put out a call for, uh, for comments from you folks up, about what you thought about this. So just tell us afterwards like we do with all the other ones. Eric, where would you like to go? Because we have, um, well, we did mention uh, on Twitter, the Hand of Fear was the one who's been correcting us on our pronunciation. So thank you for trying to help us both um, figure out what episode. I, I mentioned that there's a, a, a freeze frame in my mind from when I was a kid and my brother's watching Doctor Who. And it was a Baker story and I can't place it. And he's trying to help. Uh, so the Hand of Fear, thank you. I will check out um, the Android Invasion to see if that is um, the one that I'm thinking of. And uh, also, thank you for gently correcting our mispronunciation of Nissa. Yeah, well, I would sometimes say... Sometimes we say Nissa, sometimes we I say Nissa. I definitely say Nissa, or have said Nissa. I'm trying to say Nissa. But I feel like in yes. the show, didn't someone at some point probably say Nissa too? Maybe. I don't know. It's I, don't know. I went back we're, and rewatched yeah, a couple trying. clips and was like, I apologize yeah, for, for getting it wrong for so many years. Yeah. yeah. So bad habits, they uh, they die hard. So maybe we'll get it right. If we, if we have any additional... Stories featuring Nissa. We go back around again. Yeah, and I will mispronounce future character names. So if <laughs> you want to start sure. your list up now, uh, <laughs> ahead of the time, if you've got this time yeah. travel technology that seems to be so easy to get. Yeah, we've got fifty-something stories. You can go back and take a look and uh, see all the things yeah. we've mispronounced. But thank you for that. All I right, do you have anything? I, I I I wanted to. I have to read. We have we have iTunes reviews. Do you want to save those? Save those uh, for the end. As, as dessert at yeah. the end. Okay. So great. I just want to read because a few episodes ago, um, we had mentioned that a listener, Dan Smith, had had done a poster, a very cool poster for our fiftieth show. So if yeah. you remember that, we did a live fiftieth show, which was very cool. And one of our listeners sent us in original comic book art that they did of Tom Baker talking about our show. Um, hey, I'll Eric, include it, did, a photo of it on the listing. Obviously, you can't see it now. It's an audio podcast. Awesome. 
Did we put it on? Uh, it was on Twitter as well. So it's there, but we'll feature it. Yeah, we did. When it first came out, we had a photo, but we never had the actual yeah. thing. And he, and he had sent it in, and it just never got. It took months to get months. to us. I mean, months. he's sending from yeah. the UK, I believe. Uh, I believe. Um, but in any case, thank you. And you included a note, so I will I will read through the note here. Because uh, you were nice enough to, to write it, so I will say that you wrote, uh, Hi, Eric Grissom and Dan Johnson. Full names. Very official like already. As you can probably right. tell, I'm a big fan of the old Doctor Who show, and I hope you like the comics panel I created to celebrate your upcoming 50th episode. We do. Uh, thank you very much. It was very kind. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I started listening to the show around the time that you had started on the Peter Davison error and listened to every single episode of the podcast and loved it. Well, first off... In all caps, exclamation point. Yeah, first thank off, you. thank you. Sorry you listened to all of them, but also thank you for listening to all of them. Uh, some of for them are sure. early ones are probably a little a little rough uh wait you, you're saying they've gotten no better. they're all good yeah what am i kidding oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you perfect greatness uh since right. on your 50th episode episode you would you will be reviewing the five doctors i thought i'd like to share my opinion on it so he's going to give us his opinion yeah. on the five doctors i think that the five doctors was an okay story it was presented brilliantly but the story wasn't perfect it was nice to see past companions return, such as Susan Foreman, yes. and to see all the past Doctors unite with the exception of the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker, and the original actor for the first Doctor, William Hartnell, who passed away in 1975. Typical yeah. Hartnell thing to go and die uh, before he could be in the story. Oh, Hartnell. Hartnell. The story takes a while to catch on, and there were some scenes that could have been left out, and the best monster appearing in that story for me was the Rastian warrior robot. It has a simple design, but that is what makes him menacing. And finally, the end credits have a slightly different uh, theme, I think, which is brilliant. I also have a yeah. few stories I would like you to add to your list of episodes that you're going to review. Know. So this is great. Attack of the Cybermen, yep. we just did. Yeah. Uh, the preceding episode to this one, you'll hear that we reviewed that one. Dalek Invasion of Earth, we should do that. Uh, Moon uh -huh. Base, a partially complete story, but a great one. I hate partially complete stories because we don't get the whole uh, thing. There are some... I don't know if this is one of them that where they did some of the reconstruction of it with the animation, but we should we'll take a look. Yeah. I know there are a few of those. Uh, moon, as I said, moon based seeds of death. Lots of people have recommended seeds of death. Yeah, uh, I believe I put it on. I think it's on there. No, you know we have seeds of doom. Two different stories, very similar titles. We're already doing seeds of doom. We will check out seeds of death and the time monster, who I think people also recommended, and that is on our list. That's in our round two section. I'm kind of scared of this one because several people, like uh, like you've said here, it's not very well received. Not very well re received yeah. story, but would make a funny review, which just is code for saying it's going to be a horrible slog. But you want to see what we say yeah. about it. Well, so. thank you, uh, right, Dan well, we'll S, uh, for That's your so great. for your great artwork and for the nice note. And we're glad you're listening. That was really really thank nice you. of you. Thank you. And the artwork was great. Above and beyond. Hey, hold on. If you want to send Dan and I stuff, because we love stuff, we've got mugs. Now we've got an original comic art. Uh, P.O. Box 2131, Red Bank, New Jersey, 07701. Thank you. That's also on the website if you want to check it out there. If you want to send anything else to us, you can send it to us at the old Doctor Who Show at gmail.com. Otherwise, we have um, some other stuff. Uh, on the site, we had a comment um, on the uh, Attack of the Cybermen. Speaking of which, I will always say Cybermen because that's the way I do it. Um, okay, and this is from uh, someone calling themselves Paul Paranoid. Um, uh, there's a lot here. Uh, <laughs> now, this is the explanation of our questions uh, regarding Attack of the Cybermen's plot, correct? Because I feel like this is the long one where he sort of breaks down what he thinks happened. Yes. Okay. So you want, okay. you want to uh, take a stab at it? And we may let's, let's uh, paraphrase we a little bit just for the... Yeah, because it is quite long. It's a very long and evolved thing. Which we love. Thank you. But this is a lot for... Let's hit it. Okay. Um, and thank you for saying that the show makes you really happy. It makes us happy to do it. So, um, Paul says, Re, Telos and uh, Mondas, I'm not sure there's a continuity error because the Cybermen presence on Telos is not dependent on Cybermen of Mondas surviving. Mondas was the birth planet of the Cybermen, but they had sent cyber fleets into space which uh, fought the cyber wars ended up being broken into survivor groups scattered throughout the galaxy, one group which is Revenge of the Cybermen. Um, note Tom Baker, Tin Soldier's speech. Okay. 
Um, the Atellus Chums house one of the larger groups that escaped from that war. Uh, other Cybermen Space Navy survivors go on to keep modifying themselves, um, as we've seen through other stories. Um, the development of the Cybermen in the classic series seems to be sequential. So as the Cybermen change in the series, that seems to be their sequential historical timeline. And as they replace more and more of themselves with synthetic organs, they seem to become more able to master time travel. Okay, thank you for all this, and I, and I get that. I think we have seen that there that there were. Yeah, but I'm already um, confused because okay, I understand that we're on Mondos or Mondas. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. Oh boy. Uh, the and and, and if I'm understanding this feedback, the c- Cybermen are sending out. Explorers yeah. dispatching, sure. and one of that group, uh, one of those groups of Cybermen, arrived in Telos. Makes sense. Yep. They're scouting it out whether or not this is a planet we can retreat to, should yep. something happen, which it does. Uh, yep. And then they arrive, which is fine. But how do the Cryons or the Cybermen at that moment know that the future, the planet's going to explode, and that? The cryons are well aware of their own subjugation and that they are going to be destroyed. Like, are the cryons also time travel? Have time travel capabilities? Is that the case? Mm-hmm. And then they traveled back from their own future into the past in order to like it's so co- convoluted. And then yes. they have to talk to uh, what's the character's name on Earth? On yeah. Earth, and somehow he is able to communicate with them through time and space. Like it, it just gets a little bit. It's a little much. I, I, I do appreciate the stab at it. Um, it, the explanation doesn't help clarify, but at least it's a, it's an attempt to try to. Yeah. And if the crayons um, have the ability to talk to someone through time and space, why don't they talk to themselves in the past and build well, up an the, army to defend against the incoming Cybermen invasion instead of bothering with Earth in the first place? I mean, their whole. I guess the argument is that it's not that they're not in a different time. Well, no, they they say like to the doctor, oh, we've we've accepted our fate, yeah, therefore no, we don't we want to stop the Cybermen from preventing the Earth from destroying Mondos, which would lead the Cybermen to taking over their own planet. You know, and yeah. they're like, well, we're cool with it because that's our fate. It's like, well, are you? Because you're, uh, it doesn't, it's all messed up. I don't, I don't know. Keep going. Is there more? Did, did he? There, there's, there's, a, there's a ton more. <laughs> Okay, maybe he answered um, just for the sake of brevity of it's points. probably not the best thing just to read all of this uh, on, on air but there, there is more if you want to go to the show page for um, that episode Attack of the Cybermen number 56 um, the entire thing is in full there but thank you Paul okay, we really you, do Paul. appreciate the fact that you do that you listen and that you enjoy it that actually makes us very happy to continue doing that and you had some recommendations on some books um, edition those are things I'd actually love to do at some point um, can you read some of the book names to, is it a yeah um, it recommends the book series about time uh, by a Doctor Who alumni, Lawrence Miles and Tat Wood, uh, which address every conceivable Doctor Who continuity problem as well as much else in their utterly terrific and exhaustive and extremely entertaining books. That sounds great. I would love to give that a shot. Uh, the Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy and TV movie are covered in that together in the last volume. Um, so definitely says we should check that out. So that seems interesting. Will do. Thank you very much. Um, on top of that, we did get some um, comments uh, from the Facebook page um, uh, on Attack of the Cybermen. Uh, do you want to go through that real quick? Sure. Um, Justin Sane says, Woohoo, I needed something to listen to today. As far as uh, Attack of the Cybermen, it's all right. Nostalgia from my childhood, haven't seen it in an age. We'll get to it in my 80s rewatch of Doctor Who in about a week. As a kid, I loved the Cybermen, loved Linton being back. Agreed, Linton. There you go. Um, let's see. Uh, Joe replies, Mondas is the planet that blew up in 1986. Uh, this story and Tomb of the Cybermen take place on Telos. Yeah, and we, got, we understood to which that. Eric replies, yeah, It yes. was just the fact that, you know, we're a year before the event that led to the attack of the cryons the complete attack of the cryons so how like how does it all connect seems odd or another way that you said my question was how can the story take place in 1985 <laughs> where a displaced cryon race enlists the help of Lytton to stop uh, the cybermen's plot to stop the earth from destroying their home planet of Mondas, which in turn puts the cryons in a position they would need help yeah, i was in it the was late place. at night when i was writing that i agree reply, so no, my re- answer is probably just as confusing as the plot it's fine 
but thank you everyone for for the feedback on those please give us more feedback on what you thought of this story and particularly if you have any uh, drawings or paintings of sill that you want to yes. give us that would be really cool uh lastly eric's favorite thing ever yes, we got iTunes some reviews. itunes reviews actually we have Three? four to talk four? about four oh. uh one new one from the u.s and then we get ones from other countries kind of on delay uh, through a service so we didn't see these in time for the last one but we did get our <coughs> uh, one star review yeah, we got a one from review. oliver 26t from the uk uh on march 7th um Oliver says it's useless, bad sound quality reviews presented by two uninformed, irritating presenters. I take I offense to, to bad sound quality. Oh, I think her quality is great. No, uh, I'm sure. Oliver says, I wanted to be educated and entertained, and I was neither. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? That's totally fine. I, I'm sorry that we weren't the Doctor Who show for you. There are about 3,000 other ones. So I'm sure you'll find one. I want it to be you. educated. <laughs> You're not. Not by us. You'll be educated by our opinions, but not by our, our deep, extensive right. research. Well, sorry to That's see you go, show is. Oliver 2016. On the other side of that, though, um, from Australia, literally other side, uh, from SuperVoc007 uh, says, Splendid chaps, both of them. If you're a fan of Doctor Who, this podcast is for you. Listening to Eric and Dan discover the joys and flaws of the classic series is ridiculously entertaining and terribly nostalgic. Highly recommend! Exclamation point. Thank you, SuperVoc007. That's awesome. And uh, on that one, we have someone else from the uh, UK. Uh, WhoFan12 says... I really enjoyed this podcast. It always brings a smile to my face. Your chemistry with each other is really funny to listen to. And the fact that you're reviewing my favorite show makes it all the more better. That's awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, and lastly, from the U.S., from Tom86, uh, five-star review, says, uh, new reviews from the old Doctor Who show. Great to have new reviews for classic Doctor Who during the downtime between seasons of the new series, obviously. Reminds me why I prefer the classics. Good banter from fellow fans with an insight of what it's like watching Doctor Who episodes for the first time. Would love more episodes, but then they would finish the run too fast. Guys, three weeks yeah, three is pretty weeks. much everything we can manage for us, but we appreciate that you want more. Perfect world. Yeah, perfect world. This would be a weekly podcast that I can understand oh God, people be wanting that, world. but I can't sustain that. I can't possibly sustain that. with everything else going on in life. No, I know. Uh, but thank you very much. So those reviews uh, yeah, awesome. help other people find our show, and uh, the more people listening to it, the... Uh, the better our own egos get, which is really what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to leave a review yourself, you can go to iTunes, um, and if you prefer Stitcher or we're on Google's Play Store, even have, yep. like whatever. Yep, leave do. it wherever yep. you're, wherever you listen to it. Leave a review. Uh, we will read it. Obviously, even if it's a one star review, we'll leave it. But we prefer oh, totally. more stars uh, than less stars. We for accurate stars, folks, and accurate would be five. So thank you very much for all the reviews. Keep them coming in. Um, like Eric said, go to uh, the iTunes uh, store or whatever whatever store you get your podcast from and leave a review. You can talk to us directly at the old Doctor Who Show at gmail.com. Um, you can also leave a comment on any of the episode pages on our site, theolddoctorwhoshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter um, at DanJNJ. You can also, more importantly, you can follow the old doctor who show on uh yeah, t-o-d-w show on on the twitters um t-o-w-s on uh facebook we also have an instagram feed. Show on instagram yep um we will uh give you guys an, a heads up when the episode posts i'll post all the gifts i haven't made the gifts yet but i have a feeling this one's gonna be a lot of fun to sit through and make a yeah there's a gonna be a lot gifts. of good it's a lot of tongue i think is gonna happen in this um so you can check them all out there yeah, and, uh, follow me and after Twitter, this, we're doing Mark of the Ronnie, and I hope I'm pronouncing Ronnie reason, correctly. Uh, is it Ronnie? I don't know why I've wanted to watch this one forever. I think when I first started watching New Who and decided, you know, maybe I should go back and watch some classic Doctor Who, this one came up as one that people recommended, but it was such, it was, first of all, it was, was impossible it to get these. Was this one, Mark, Mark of the Ronnie or Time and Ronnie? Who knows? Right. I don't even, Who I don't knows? know anything what about what even the ronnie nope. is about it's a race I have no or clue a person uh, we're so excited yeah, will, to see will, a new thing we'll find out soon uh, so all we exciting. do know is it is colin baker and that's going to make us happy so yeah and that will go up on april 18th uh and then yeah. we jump into after that way down the line but we're having a, the two doctors so we're going to have a 
Colin Baker and Peter Davison, maybe? I don't know. I don't know who the second Doctor is. I, who so knows? we will find We're out. We're watching this for the first time, folks. I think that's it. So um, we'll catch you guys online, and otherwise we'll uh, talk at you again in three yeah. weeks. All right. See you, everybody. Thanks, Bobby. Good talking to you, or talking to Dan. You. Uh, talking and then you listening, and then in your ears. you could talk to us, uh, and we won't respond, but we still love you. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> okay, that's perfect then. Thank you. All right. <laughs> See you. All right, buddy. All right, bye. We're good, right? Yeah. Stop.